1: Every day. Yes,
2: welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. And it's one of those shows where it's two longer segments. So in just a moment, we will hear from Phil Steele, um, the the man that previews the college football season better than anyone. His new magazine is out now. He will tell you how to get it. It's an exclusive deal that he's got now with Books A Million and Barnes and & Noble. But of course we'll jump into that conversation and then Lance Dahl will join us for the final segment to uh, to kind of recap some of the things that Phil said. BetOnline's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball's in full swing. Basketball's still happening. Hockey, I think, is still happening. Get in on the action. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code ON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Joining us now, Phil Steele, the man behind the college football preview. Phil, how are you, my friend?
0: You know I am doing great, Zach. Uh, I tell you what, a lot better this summer than last summer when Ooh. we're wondering if we're playing football or not. So uh, I'm taking anything. I'm so happy we played football last year. So halfway we got through and crowned true champs in each of the leagues and the right. national champ. Uh, I can't tell you how thankful I am for that and how happy I am that it's back to normal.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, this offseason, uh, way better, way better uh-huh. than, than last offseason, especially from an Auburn perspective. I mean, covering this team and covering Brian Harson coming in, a yeah, lot of conversation, a lot of speculation. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear what you think about Brian Harson's Tigers going into 2021. What do you think of the hire? Let's start there.
0: Uh, I like it. And, you know, I was wondering a little bit. It, I didn't really have the, the dots to connect. Brian Harson coming to the SEC country, but I like the fact that he's bringing with him a couple of coordinators very familiar with the SEC. Mike Bobo is the offense coordinator. Derek Mason is the defense coordinator. I think Harson's a guy that uh, gets the most out of the talent on hand. I think he's a very good coach X's and O's wise as well as an outstanding recruiter, and uh, he's really looking forward to the opportunity. And i got to tell you, he's not disappointed about the talent he's inheriting here. He's, you know, there are some question marks, as always, but uh, it is a, a good, talented team.
2: Yeah, a, a lot of the, the anti-Gus people in the Auburn fan base, they can say a lot of things, but Gus Malzahn was able to get talent on campus. I don't think there's any question about that. Phil, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I, I know you really value... Returning experience. I know that's something. One of the many things that you look at as you're kind of compiling the predictions. You know, for for your pre uh, your preview every single year. What do you think about the Tigers in regard to uh, to their returning uh, their returning starters?
0: Well, here's the here's the funny thing about that, Zach. And you go back and you look at Auburn this year. They have 15 returning starters coming back, including their quarterback, top running back, top receiver top two tacklers, in fact, four of the top five tacklers on defense. Any other year with that kind of combination, Auburn is probably, in my experience chart, going to rank up there in the top 20, top 10. Yes. But this year, uh, I talked to 110 of the 130 head coaches out there, maybe a little over 110, and uh, almost every conversation went this way. Man, Phil, we are so deep. Uh, we were able to run three teams in spring practice, because last year... Everybody got that extra year. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, we have true freshmen that have started twelve games this year. We have sixth-year seniors, so everybody's coming back on every team. Give an example: uh, Colorado uh, in the uh, Pac-12 is has sixteen returning starters. That's the second fewest in the Pac-12. So Auburn actually comes in number 96 on my experience, chart, but it's a veteran team. They've got 15 returning starters, as I mentioned, a veteran quarterback in Bo Nix, veteran running back in Tank Bixby. So uh, I would say overall they're a veteran team, but so is everybody else this year.
2: Bo Nix is one of the more interesting players to talk about across all of college football. Definitely a... Uh, In the SEC, I mean, there's been so many folks that are just saying, okay, this is the year for Bo Nix. There's a lot of people that they feel like they've seen enough over the past two seasons. It's like Bo Nix is who he is. It's time to move on. Where do you think Bo Nix ranks among quarterbacks in the SEC?
0: Uh, I wouldn't put him at the very top, but uh, I think he's uh, definitely above the middle ground. The one thing I need to see out of Bo Nix is I need to see him be better away from home. Uh, Away from home. 54% completions, 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a 4-7 record. At home, outstanding. 15-1 ratio does a great job. So I need to see him do better on the road this year. He's got some talent to work with. You look at the running back position with Tank Bigsby. I think Bigsby's one of the more underrated running backs in the entire country. But probably the biggest question mark on offense is his receiving core. Uh, you know, you lose uh, the the top three guys from last year, or you lose uh, Schwartz, I should say, mm-hmm. and uh, Eli Stove both gone at, from the receiving core. That's probably my biggest question mark coming into the season.
2: Right. So how do you typically evaluate new receiving cores, Phil? I mean, Auburn can't be the only team where it seems like whenever they have uh, a really good year with the receivers, they all leave at the same time. It seems like that happens every every three or four years. I mean, how do you evaluate these exciting or potentially exciting young studs uh, possibly filling in there?
0: Yeah, and I I think a lot of it does depend on the quarterback. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'll throw out North Carolina this year. Sam Howells yeah. is starting quarterback in North Carolina, right. and they lose DeAmi Brown. They lose Daz Newsom from last year. So there's big time question marks who's he going to throw the ball to? But I think. Excuse me, with Sam Howell throwing those passes, you're gonna see new stars emerge, at receiver. There's gonna be some big time numbers that they put up. So I think that potential does indeed uh exist at Auburn. And uh, you know, a couple of guys to look at. First of all, a tight end. Uh John Samuel Schenker is a guy that uh is a guy I think is gonna have a, a much bigger year. He only had nine receptions last year. Sort of circle this guy. Harson can get the ball to the tight end, and I think he ends up doing a a good job there. I'd like to see a few more VHTs in the receiving core. I don't think they have quite as many as you'd like, but Kobe Hudson and uh, Xavier Capers are two guys that I think could emerge as receivers this year. And, And once again, when you have a veteran quarterback, sometimes those players do emerge quicker than most expect.
2: The fact that the, the first guy you mentioned was a tight end, Auburn fans all around the world listening to this, uh, they just started screaming and cheering because Auburn fans have wanted a tight end in the passing game so bad for so long. It seems like Harson and Bobo in their offense is the Auburn's best chance to have a tight end actually te- uh, catching passes this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and we saw that at Boise. There was a lot of outstanding tight ends yeah. doing that. And uh, I, I think of the receiving core – the guy that Harson was probably most excited about this year was that was tight end and Schenker. So I do look for a much bigger year than nine receptions from last year.
2: You mentioned Tank Bixby, a very talented running back. Could be one of the best in the conference, maybe one of the best in college football. Are you at all concerned about uh, the, the kind of fluky injury he had against Tennessee last year?
0: Uh, I would say it's on my radar, but I'm hoping he's 100% healthy because he is just very talented. He's actually gotten bigger and stronger this year, uh, and he's really serious about being great. He runs violently, uh, and that would be my biggest, uh, probably the slightest concern, but I think we're going to see Bigsby big be 100% healthy this year, and if that's the case, then they're in pretty good shape.
2: You mentioned the coordinators that, that Brian Harson brought in. A lot of folks very, very excited about Derek Mason leading this defense, taking over for Kevin Steele. I mean, Auburn fans have They've seen really good defenses over the last five or six seasons. They're changing the scheme up. What have you seen, you know, just from a a big picture college football lens, what have you seen in regards to, okay, the defense has been really strong and you keep a lot of these same guys, a lot of experience coming back, but the scheme's totally different. Does that typically work one way or the other?
0: Yeah, I think most teams nowadays are playing multiple fronts. Uh, on uh, you know, you look at the they're playing the you know that one the fourth lineman is either a, a big linebacker or a, a strong, smaller, faster defensive lineman. Uh, everybody's going to the nickelback as far as the uh, uh, the star position. Uh, I think that the defenses won't be a drastic change. Uh, offensively, we see drastic changes. Go back to Mississippi State last year. They go from a run-based team to a pass-based team, and naturally struggled except for the opener, which I'm still scratching my head over how mm. they put all those yards and points up. But I think when you've got talent like McLean and Popo at the running or at the linebacker right. spot, uh, which is a top ten unit, that's really going to help out in the transition.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean just the the different blitzes and and all kinds of different things. I think the defensive line is going to be the weakness of of this defense. Would you agree with that?
0: Uh, yeah, I think you can go there. I, I don't know if you can necessarily say that any part of the defense is going to be a major weakness. Though. Okay. In fact, I read all three units in my top units in the front of the magazine.
2: So, Phil, uh, I mean, there, there's been kind of five games that a lot of Auburn fans are circling as as those maybe games. Auburn going to Penn State and LSU, and then, of course, hosting Georgia and Alabama, and then I think we'll throw Texas A&M there as well. Just kind of, if you had to predict now, how do you see Auburn faring in those five kind of toss-up or, or kind of them favorite to lose games?
0: Yeah, I would say all five games, Auburn's going to be the dog. Uh, at right. Penn State, I see him an underdog. Penn State's my number one most improved team in the country. LSU, I realized last year LSU was 5-5, five and five, but, Zach, you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, my thought process when I was writing the magazine was I think the teams that were the least experienced last year, since everybody's experienced, everybody's got 16, 17, 18 starters. The ones that were least experienced last year are going to make the biggest jump. Well, you're knocking on LSU's door there. They had two starters back on offense, three on defense last year. Everybody was in the NFL or opted out. It was remarkable how low they were experience-wise. They're going to be a much better team. In fact, I think they were a double-digit win team this year. Georgia to me is the king of the east if you're drawing one team out of the east you don't want to play it's georgia right unfortunately auburn plays them every year (laughs) texas a&m i think gives alabama a battle in that game in college station october uh 9th i think that's going to be a heck of a game uh when i talked to coach fisher last year going over the team with him he thought he told me last year even though they were up for the joe moore award and we're talking offensive line he's like but phil next year even though we only have one starter back we're going to be better on the offensive line. Uh, That sort of caught my ear a little bit, and they've got a pretty good quarterback. College Station is a tough venue to play in. And then Alabama. Last time I checked, they they did something. Oh yeah, they won some championship or thing last year. Yeah, they're good. They're usually pretty good under (laughs) under Nick Saban, and uh, they'll be favored in that. So Auburn will be a dog in all five. Now, does that mean they'll be they'll lose all five? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, They could very well pull an upset or two. I think they'll be favored in all their other games, and Grant, I think they come out of this with an 8-4 and four record. They've done a good job for a first-year head coach.
2: Sure. Of, of the games outside of those five, if you had to kind of pick one of those trap games, a lot of people are pointing at Arkansas going to Fayetteville as a possible trap game. Some people saying that Ole Miss game could be interesting. Is there a trap game out of those top five games that you think is interesting?
0: Yeah, those would be the two that I would okay. be concerned with. Arkansas for the fact that last year Sam Pittman and company were an underdog in all ten games. He was a first-year head coach that didn't have the benefit of spring practice, and yet they led Georgia at the half. The Auburn game had that controversial ending to it. Right. Uh, you go back to the, the LSU game, they only lost by three despite having like two defense alignment available for the game. The Missouri game, they thought they won at the end of the game, and then Missouri goes down and kicks a field goal in the final seconds to beat them. They went three and seven as a dog in all ten games. They could have had five or six wins last year. Mm-hmm. They scare me a little bit because they got nineteen returning starters. And then the Ole Miss one. All you have to do is flip on tape of that uh, Alabama Ole Miss game last year, which is forty-two forty-two in the fourth quarter, and you're scratching your head, going, "How the heck is Ole Miss <laughs> doing this?" Ole Miss actually has a legitimate defense this year. They got nine starters back on that side of the ball offensively, Lane Kiffin's still calling the shots. And they've got Matt Corral. They've got a loaded backfield, outstanding offensive line. Uh, I don't think anybody in the SEC wants to really play Ole Miss after what they did against Bama last year and in some other games as well.
2: Phil, you've been putting out this preview for years, a a very, very long time, about as long as I've been alive. What's special about this year and where can people find it?
0: Well, uh, you know, it's 352 pages. I think the, the thing that's most special about it, Zach, is the fact that we went to the press June fifteenth and to give you an example uh there was a a transfer uh Luke McCaffrey, who was at Louisville on at the end of May he's still the backup quarterback at Louisville. he transfers into the into the portal and then I get a call from Coach Bloomgren of uh, Rice it says Phil, we landed uh, Luke McCaffrey and this was on June thirteenth two days before we get to the press. He's our starting projected quarterback at Rice. So I think the one main thing is we stayed on top of the transfer portal, caught all the latest transfers, and it's uh, 352 pages. I think it has three to four times the amount of information any other magazine. It's exclusively this year. Barnes and & Noble and Books-A-Million. I know Books-A-Million, very popular in Alabama. Yep. Books-A-Million, Barnes & Noble, those two locations. Don't bother going to the, all the others. Books-A-Million, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can pick up the magazine or you go to the website, which is Philsteel.com. That's S T E E L ecom
2: Phil, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Zach, a lot of fun talking football
0: with you today once again, my friend.
2: RockAuto.com is the best, easiest, quickest, most cost-effective way to buy all of your uh, automobile parts. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked On Auburn in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Also, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I promise I have never been untruthful to any of you. I mean it. I'm really passionate about Built Bars. Yes, especially the peanut butter brownie flavor. It has done something to me emotionally and also physically. It is helping me in every single way because they are all very high in protein, very low in calories, and I love them. Um, more than I probably should. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked15, and you'll get fifteen percent off your first order. Use promo code locked one five for fifteen percent off at builtbar.com. Lance Daw, host of On the Line on ESPN one hundred six seven at Fox Sports Central Alabama. You heard the conversation with Phil Steele. a few things bothers you, a few things you agreed with. Where do you think we should start?
1: I think we should start with the Penn State take that (laughs) Phil Steele had. It was probably my biggest issue with the entire interview there. Uh, I'll just simply say I disagree. I'll put it that way. So you're saying it's a pretty cold take. I'd say that it's a pretty cold take. Now, who knows? I may be on cold takes exposed here at the end of the season, and Penn State may be 11-1 and heading into the college football playoff, because as far as the Big Ten is concerned, there's not a lot of hierarchy right now with Ohio State being down. There's a lot of confusion as to who's going to be able to rise to the top, especially if the Buckeyes can't figure out that quarterback position. But who knows? Penn State may be the best, most improved team in the country. I genuinely don't think so. I, I have some issues with it and we can get into that. And I think it starts with steel being a returning starters guy and I do have a couple of issues with that. In regards to to what aspect? Because I think it's more important to focus on returning production than I do on returning starters. Something that Charlie five said is that one year older does not mean one year one, one more one year better, right? right? And I think that's a really, really good point. Just because Sean Clifford's coming back for his junior or senior season does not mean he is going to make a substantial improvement to the point where this team is carried by him or wh- 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 whatever their running back situation is looking like, or even their defense, which was absolutely terrible last season, mm-hmm. uh, even though they were working with a short field a lot of the time. I-, I just don't see this this team improving. And as far as James Franklin is concerned, I know James is a really solid head coach. I mean, he was able to get Vanderbilt to 9 or 10 wins a season, and that's almost You refer to him as his first name. I do. I actually know him personally. He's a really good friend. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I you don't a, know you him. You and James coach go way Franklin. back? Say it again. You and James go way back. We go way back, man. I Let love me tell you. About something. you. <laughs> but I think he's a really solid head coach, but there are definitely other contenders in the Big Ten, and I don't think he's going to be able to get past those. I'm looking at teams like Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, even Michigan State, with Anthony Russo stepping in at quarterback. And then again, obviously Ohio State. So I don't really see Penn State making a significant jump if they had non-conference games last season, they would have been 7 and 5, 6 and 6. I see them going 8 and 4 tops this season. Okay. And that that doesn't make that doesn't make the trip to Happy Valley more difficult for Auburn. I'm just saying I don't see Penn State as the most improved team in 2021.
2: What do you think about the prediction of uh, Auburn going 8 and 4? I was a little surprised that he went that high. I would have guessed 7 and 5 based on all the other comments that he had about this team.
1: The longer this offseason goes on, the more positive I am about this team and their coaching staff and the things that they are doing in order to get this team ready for the 2021 season. I, right now, in my mind, I see them going 8-4, and 9-3 and three if they get lucky in a game that they, should, and they shouldn't win. I'm there with Steele. When you look at what Auburn has on the roster, it's really, really good talent, right? Blue chip ratio reflects that. They're like 10th or 11th. We've talked about this before on the podcast. They have talent on, on the roster. They are a championship caliber team. I would say, I would argue, make the argument that Brian Harson can elevate Auburn to a championship caliber team. The coaching was not there under Malzahn. I don't think so. So I think moving forward with Brian Harson at the helm and having these veteran SEC coordinators, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Something that uh, Noah Gardner and I were talking about on the line on ESPN 106.7 is that Dabo Swinney was a wide receivers coach at Clemson when he was hired in 2008. Mm-hmm. And he's taken that program to incredible heights. He's, he's, he's set the tone for parity in college football. He is the only coach that can get his team consistently competing against Alabama year in and year out, in my opinion. Ohio State's kind of kind of there, kind of not. I think they're kind of waning now that Meyer, Meyer is not there. I think, not, not to say Day's a bad coach, but anyway. It does seem like Day's losing his grip a little bit. Just slightly, but who's to say that Auburn, with the talent that they recruit, isn't just as good or can get to that level with a coach that knows how to develop players. Something I talk about a lot on the line is I really like the comp between Bill Clark and Brian Harson. Something those two guys know how to do, in my opinion, is develop players. I think they both really know how to do that well because that UAB program in 2014-15, it was literally dead. There were no players there. It didn't exist. Exactly. It literally didn't exist. So he had to build it up from the ground up get like literally just scratched together any players he could find and two years later he was competing in a cusa title game i think brian harson looking at what he did at boise and what he was able to do and how he was able to develop players and put them in the nfl just as well as auburn and actually there are statistics out there i wish i had it in front of me talking about how boise state's actually one of the best teams in the country in in Getting three-star, four-star talent and putting it in the in the in the NFL and those players actually playing well in the NFL and having really good careers. Auburn, uh, come to find out, is actually third worst, um, which is interesting. I think Brian Harson is going to be able to elevate this team to the point where they are like the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Ohio States of the world and I think it's really good for the future of college football and the future uh, as far as parity is concerned. But this season, I think, is a building block. I think 8-4, and four and 9-3 and three is very, very reasonable.
2: So he was very high on Auburn's linebackers, which I think makes sense. Other preseason guys that I've looked at weren't. They had Auburn as like the fourth or fifth best group in the SEC, which I think is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think that makes sense. And then I even pointed out, like, I asked him about the, the defensive line being a weakness, and he's like, "Uh, I guess, but the defense is going to be good. So I was pleased to hear that. I mean, he's, he yep. usually nails it on his prediction, so I, that, that was encouraging.
1: Yeah, all things considered, Auburn's still recruiting really, really well. And when you look at the defensive line, I personally am not excited about a lot of the guys that are currently there on roster. But the transfers that have come in into this program, I am really excited. And these new freshmen, guys like Lee Hunter, Dylan Brooks, guys that can actually get off the edge and rush the quarterback. I'm looking to see guys like Eku Leota definitely step in and be a factor. I'm really excited about some of these transfers. Do you like and Leota new freshmen now? coming. now? Last in. time you we,
2: we were on, or what, like about three or four times ago, you just pooped all over at
1: Cuglietta. Have we turned? I might, I might have been forced into that opinion. I don't know. There might have been some money under the counter there to tell uh, to uh, who paid you to, off. To, Let's
2: expose them. Who
1: was it? Was it Noah? I can't tell. It's a secret. It might have been Noah. Might okay. have been actually. Who
2: knows? Oh, how the turntables! Since oh, you're wearing an office shirt
1: right now. But <laughs> exactly. But I'm really, I'm really excited about this defense, like as a whole. I don't know if I would agree with Steele. I would say even though Auburn recruits well and is talented. I would say if there is a weakness on this defense, it is the defensive line.
2: What'd you think about him? I mean, you talked about how he's uh he's a returning experience guy, but then he kind of brought in the perspective of, well, everyone has everybody coming back. So even though Auburn has a bunch of dudes coming back, like it's actually lower than most schools. Right. Which makes sense. I just I thought that would even out across the country, and I guess it didn't.
1: I think it's not going to be a huge factor, but something I was saying last year, uh, as we head as we were going into the offseason with COVID and stuff happening, I was like, well, here's what's gonna happen. Nobody got a spring. What's going to be the most valuable in 2020? It's most likely going to be experience and blue chip prospects. Those are the things that are going those are the players that are going to shine and the programs that have the most of those are going to play really really well. This season, I think it's very similar. Even though everybody's got experience and and some some teams have those four and five star recruits, I still think again the most important thing in college football is having returning starters and whoever does have the most of those, I feel like is going to it makes production, I mean. Whoever has the most returning production is still going to thrive. Penn State obviously returning quite a bit of starters, but production-wise, they're not bringing back a whole lot, actually, whenever you really look at it. And then also, do you want to bring back the majority of a defense that gave up 30 points a game? I probably wouldn't. Right. So it, it, there, it, there are a lot of different ways to look at it, but I do think at the end of the day, teams like Miami, teams like Georgia State are going to have somewhat successful seasons regardless of who their coaches are because they've, they have players who have played the game for quite a long time. So I think that is something definitely interesting to look at, but I don't think it's going to be a huge factor.
2: Lance Daw, also known as former intern Jaws, joining us on today's show. Buddy,
1: where can people find you and hear you? They can follow me on Twitter at Dawpound and they can listen to me on ESPN 106.7 with Noah Gardner from two to four weekdays.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic. Great stuff. Great stuff. Also, happy birthday to Jeremy Johnson, the baseball player, and um, Garyon Johnson. That's it. That's the list. All right. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.